Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Games. It is Thursday, February the 23rd, 2017. I'm Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Kelsey Lavati. Hey. And Hugh Perry. Good day. All right. So, Hugh, how you doing, my friend? I am very well, thanks. Uh, fresh off a three-hour-plus uh, Battlefield 1 session with uh, Ulri, so I was made to feel suitably mediocre <laughs> in my gaming skills yet again. Um, but yeah, going well. Getting excited for the Switch, so yeah. bring it on. I bought, I bought a um, the Wolf Link um, amiibo today because I heard it gives you like a little wolf companion. In Breath of the Wild, hmm. so yeah, I think I have that, for that one. And um, I do. Uh, I have this weird reflex action now, where when I see an amiibo, I hear Kelsey's voice saying "amiibo" in my head because it's. <laughs> I don't. The way she says I it. I don't know the difference. I can't. I can't hear the difference. <laughs> well, you know, you can't hear your own accent, so that's fair enough. But the way you say "amiibo" is incredibly adorable. Yes. I actually brought this up uh, the other day. We were having coffee, and we were talking about amiibos. And I was like, "Do we say it differently?" Because someone told me that we say it differently. And my <laughs> and my friend was like, "Okay, say it." And I was like, "Amiibo." He's like, "No." And I'm like, "I know. I don't hear it." <laughs> <laughs> I know Hugh, well, but Hugh is struck by it. So, yeah. It is in his head it's now. A wonderfully Canadian way of saying it. Is is it my O's? <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it is. It must be. Say, Kelsey, give give us a good clean reading of Amiibo. Amiibo. Oh, yeah, I could see her the little bit. The O is that you do have a little bit of difference on the O, definitely. But I don't know. I, don't I, know. I was wondering if it was because I was like, have I been saying? words with o's wrong like about <laughs> but i don't say it like that <laughs> you say it how you want to say it yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah so yeah like you said we're only a few we're less no a week Just and a day a week, a week and a day from the, the switch coming out um so we're recording today uh, our two shows, and so uh, we'll have a show out the day before the Switch comes out, but this is the last time we're recording before we're going to have Nintendo Switches in, in, our, in our possessions. At least Hugh and I, Kelsey is playing some sort of crazy, uh, I'm, am I going to get it when it comes out game? <laughs> I was, I'm getting paid tomorrow, and I'm like, okay, I really need <laughs> to figure out if I can pay what I need to pay and have enough money for the for the switch <laughs> well good luck Kelsey just, just sell a kidney yeah yeah I think so that's a good that's a good uh, idea <laughs> yeah it's definitely a good investment um yeah I got mine coming it'll be here on the third got from Amazon I'm getting that Breath of the Wild and one two switch and a pro controller so I got I got the a good suite of stuff coming and I'm looking forward to diving in on on Friday the third and, and, and playing. Uh, I think my wife and I are probably going to play some one, two switch. And then I'll probably end up playing quite a few hours of legend of Zelda. So I am probably won't even be touching the surface of it. No, no, I hear it's huge. Um, and I'm going to have gamer stress because horizon is out on the 28th, right? 28th. 
Yes. Um, which is three days before the Switch and Zelda comes out. And uh, I've also been playing Neo, which I'm not even... I also haven't even scratched the surface of, which by the time Horizon comes out on Tuesday, I will not even be close to to finishing that. So it, it's it's going to... The, the stack of things that I really want to play that's just going to pile up over the year um, that I'll probably never end up beating is starting already, and it's only February. So yeah, yeah, the next the next three or four weeks is just one after the other of just like long ass games. Mm-hmm. Like you say, there's Zelda, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mass Effect, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Mass Effect, yeah. and these are all going to be like probably 30 40 hour games at least well Zelda at least ghost so. recon is like a multi mostly multiplayer thing so yes. it's a little bit more you can go in and out and not really have to worry about it too much um but yeah zelda zelda i think is going to be the longest of those three of the three big rpgs coming out for sure um they're uh-huh. they're, they're saying like you know 60 70 80 hours for that game like on the low end and the horizon is manageable horizon is like 30 hours to beat it um and then 40 or 50 to do a complete completionist run so that's not so bad 30 hours isn't so bad um mass effect those games usually aren't more than 20 30 hours either they're usually not um huge games but combining those all together is a little overwhelming (laughs) Yeah, that's a just a couple of days of nonstop gaming. Yeah, and then I believe Prey is out in April or May, so oh yeah, there's not really. I mean, we just did a show all about this, but there's not <laughs> there's not really uh, any sort of breathing room between those things, um, which means I'll end up playing a couple of little games just as palate cleansers. Which is that's the nice thing about the big games is that it steers me even more towards little games because I need that like thing I can beat in one sitting or maybe two and be done with. So that's where I'm at. Um, but we got some games to talk about tonight. We got we, 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 some, we've all been playing a, a few things here. Um, we got some listener questions to get through, so it should be, uh, it should be a good time. Uh, Kelsey, first of all, let's check in. How's school going? Uh, <laughs> It's going okay. I mean, I have midterms now, um, which are... How stressed out do you get by school? Uh, like, the week, like let's say my midterm's next week, so I've been studying. It's a, my medieval English midterm, so... Okay. The, the <laughs> you fun would think stuff. after reading it 20,000 times, I would <laughs> know how to identify a paragraph, but alas, <laughs> no. <laughs> um. But I'm, I'd be less stressed this week, and then the day before my midterm, I won't go to bed. And I'll just, like, ah. I'm, I'm like that, even an essay. Um, I have one due in two weeks. Did I start it? No. Will I start it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Until the day before, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, when I was in college, I, my, my thing with school was, like, I was, I was always bad at the studying part of stuff because you know in high school like, I got used to being able to like you know I've, if I heard the information repeated enough I could like I could know it pretty well and so I wouldn't ha- yeah I wouldn't have to study very much and then when college came it was kind of a rude awakening where I was like oh I actually have to like put in work 
to be good at this stuff now. I'm still in denial about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like high school because in, in Quebec, we have college and then we have university. So after high school, I had two years of college. Then I had my four year of my previous bachelor's and now I'm getting my other one, right? So you would think after seven years that I would understand that I don't have the memory I used to, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait until you hit your 30s and yeah. then you'll realize then it's just a shit memory show. <laughs> it, it's already happening. Like sometimes I sit down and I'm like, what did I do yesterday? And I have to think about it for like a very long time. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> Wait, so, so Kelsey, um, I've always had this question about, uh, about that college, because you know, college and university in America, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just like different names for different types of higher education establishments. So, um, but obviously we use kind of the more colloquial college term for just, the, the, the undergraduate, the bachelor degree mm-hmm. um, stuff. So you went to two years of college, which is uh, it w- so that was separate from your bachelor's degree. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you go to high school, and high school doesn't end in grade twelve; it ends in grade eleven. Ah. So I was seventeen, okay. and then at the age of eighteen, nineteen. And this is only in Quebec. Like in the rest of Canada, it's pretty much the same as uh, as the the U.S. But basically, okay. you have Seja. Uh, it's a long French acronym for a bunch of French words. I'm not going to say them. <laughs> but essentially, you get a a DEC, which is like Declaration something, something, something. And it's basically saying that you are prepared for university. So my DEC is in liberal arts. Okay. And with that DEC, like if I would apply to, let's say, um, commerce, they would be like, okay, me that's weird, you know? Like, So with that DEC, like going into something like I originally was in anthropology, now I'm in English, so it follows with something I had previously studied. Gotcha. Does it make sense? So you, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So you like, you, you basically focus on something in the two-year thing mm-hmm. and that helps you give your, to get to a program in the into university and you want to go for something that lines up with what you focused on yeah because we don't have like ap classes or we don't have like real electives Mm. in high school it's mostly like a general thing like a science and whatever and Mm. whatever like the the regular general education we don't have like choices in our years of high school because that's sort of what uh c for okay all right interesting and you already have a bachelor's in anthropology yeah anthropology and sociology (laughs) Okay. And now you're going for a bachelor's in English. Yeah. Well, because originally, I, you know, when you're 18, you want to travel the world. So <laughs> I, uh, I thought that anthropology would be great. I'd get to live in different like aspects of society and like study people and whatever. But uh, the older I got, uh, I started to realize that it wasn't practical <laughs> 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 because like, I just thought more of like settling down and having a family. Like for me, I don't know, now I'm explaining everything, but like I'm Italian, like my dad isn't, but my mom's Italian and my whole neighborhood is. So that's the way I've been brought up. And, and like the idea of settling down appeals to me. So thinking of traveling 
um, and working on these sort of things and trying to raise a family in different cities just didn't appeal to me as much as it did when I was younger. So mm -hmm. with this degree in English, I would apply to do a master's in uh, teaching in high school. Oh, nice. Very nice. So you're going to do the one thing that is practical with an English degree, which is good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I got an English degree with really no intention of being a teacher. And then people were like, well, so what are you going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. just what I like to do. So that's why I decided to do it in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back right now, I'd be like, don't be a f an idiot. Like... <laughs> I like kids. College too. will be fun no matter what you do. Just yeah. pick something where you could actually, you know, have a, a future <laughs> with what the degree you get. Um, but yeah, yeah so it's. Uh, I like kids too, cool. so I just figured it would be um, a better option for me. Yeah, that's that's great. That's I did not know you were going to like a second round of of undergrad. That's that's very cool. I was I always loved school. Like if basically if I could have stayed in school for basically ever. And just kept taking classes and not, you know, been in like eight million dollars in debt or something. I would, I would have done that. But yeah, um, the plus side yeah. is that school isn't that expensive here in Montreal, so um, I have that a sort of leeway. Like it, I still pay for it myself, so it is still like a burden, but not mm -hmm. as, and not as much as like if I lived in the states. Thankfully, right, of course. <laughs> um. I didn't even go to that good of a school, Kelsey, and I have a huge student loan. Are you still paying it off? Like how long? Oh, Kel Kelsey, Kelsey, <laughs> I'm going to be paying it off until I'm basically dead. So, <laughs> let's just get that straight. Unless, unless miraculously this, this podcast game turns into a lucrative uh, million dollar enterprise, I'm going to be paying it off for a very long time. Um, but it's okay. It's okay. It's just something I'm, I'm I'm so used to it by now. It's like anything else. Yeah. To me at this point, um, it's like paying the electric bill or something. Uh, but um, I was gonna say something else too about school and stuff, but I totally forgot. Oh, I was gonna say the only thing I really know about Canadian education is from what I've seen on Degrassi. So I, I <laughs> the the best show really in the sure. world. You mean? Oh, Kelsey, I love Degrassi. Don't 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 get me wrong. My wife and I. That's what I have heard. watched. A lot of it. <laughs> and I am a big fan of it. Um, but that's, that's so all I know proud. about Canadian education. I am so <laughs> proud, proud of Drake. <laughs> like, oh, yes. you have no idea. Every time someone's like, oh, he's Canadian, whatever. I'm like, did you guys know he was on Degrassi? It was a show about high school students in Canada. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> His real name is Aubrey Graham. So how about that? Not so cool now, are you, Drake? Your name is Aubrey. <laughs> um... Yeah, he was he he was a good character too. Jimmy got shot, he got paralyzed. Was, I cried so much. Yeah. I, yeah. I I can go. We could have a whole Degrassi podcast. I wouldn't even. Mind. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hugh, sorry, we 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 got we got off on a tangent. I I, I did notice. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we went to a place. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about some games because it's been a whole fifteen minutes and we haven't talked about any games yet. So how about we do that? Um. So Hugh, you uh, you've been playing For Honor. Um, I have. We talked a little bit about it um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and we were saying we we're gonna wait to talk about it because it was coming out, and, and you dive more into it. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. How how many hours have you put into it so far? Could you could you um, guess? Not too many. Maybe probably just shy of maybe about 
eight, nine, ten at the most. Okay, that's There's a nice... There's no actual way of tracking how much you put in, but yeah, I've put in a, a decent amount, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, that's a nice sample size. Have you been playing any of the single player or just doing multiplayer? I've done one single player mission, and I did really enjoy it. Um, it's got um, a surprisingly... Um, what's the best way to put it? I wouldn't say it's like has much depth so far to the story. It's just kind of like intriguing more than anything because it's just this sort of weird alternate world where these like three groups of different types of warriors somehow exist in the same space type thing. Um, yeah, the first you start off sort of like the first mission you're in, um, you're playing as the knights. Um, and as you go along, there's, um, there's a, basically these things you look at. It's kind of, kind of like the game's equivalent of um, collectibles, really. And you look at them, press L1, and you just get this voice voiceover g- giving you a bit of, of the lore and stuff like that. Um, and it's got, got this really cool story where it's telling you about this sort of like elite group of knights who are sort of um, attacking the other knights and is kind of like this little war within um them and the, the character you're playing as gets recruited to them because he defeats their sort of second in command type thing and it was quite a cool little story about that but yeah most of the time i've put into it is in the the multiplayer so far yeah so you, um the multiplayer is obviously the thing it's the main thing of, of, of the game it's the thing they've talked about almost exclusively it's the betas were all multiplayer so what how first of all let me ask you this how are you doing in the multiplayer um it's usually from one extreme to the other i'm usually (laughs) fairly good don't do too badly usually sort of in the middle of my team in terms of scoring points because you get like ranked at the end of every game or i'm shocking (laughs) um but Therein lies the frustration with the game, though, because it's um, like it's a fit as far as sort of fighting games, and I think it is fair to call it um, a fighting game. Um, goes, it's it's fair, fairly nuanced, and I I will say I'm by no means an authority on fighting games. Um, you know the control system, and it is whilst it isn't complicated, there's a a lot to remember um and a lot that you can do with it so you can block you can parry if somebody tries to break your guard you can counter that and there's everything that you can do somebody can do to stop it counter it and you know even there's like unblockable attacks um but the game has no um leveling when it comes to the matchmaking so you can get dumped in with um people who have gear that's much better than you and basically what you have in the game is as you play as a character you level them up and you earn gear for them and so you get two numbers you get a a number which is the level that you've got that character as and every time you hit level 20 you prestige and it resets to one and you get this like a symbol that people can see so they know you've prestiged. Then you have a second number, which is relevant to your gear score. Um, and there's like, sim- similar to Destiny, you've got sort of like purple level gear, blue level gear. So 
you know it it's different colors are better um so you can easily be level one with a character and have like zero gear score because you may not have like had any drops yet and you can get dumped into a game with a, someone who's prestiged the character four times and has a gear score of like a hundred plus and if you come up against them you might as well just slit your own throat because they'll just <laughs> destroy you yeah justin was uh justin townsend uh, he used to he used to be on this show. He'll be back uh, in a, in a couple of weeks next time I we think record. I remember him. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, always had really bad opinions that nobody agreed with. <laughs> um, uh, he was telling me that, that that the same thing about the matchmaking and how it was bothering him and and how he got into a match with somebody and literally they blocked him once and then they got like their revenge like rage power and just destroyed him after one yeah. block. So that's another thing that's yeah. annoying. Yeah, he he was saying that. That it's com- it's completely broken as far as the matchmaking goes. Yeah, and um, yeah, that the the revenge system. Um, me and Cody were talking about it the other night when we play it. We don't feel like it's a particularly um, good system to have because, as far as we're concerned, you should only be able to sort of. Like the whole, I think the whole point of the revenge thing is basically if you're getting double, triple teamed, sometimes even quadruple teamed if you're playing in certain modes, it'll just make it easy for you to hold your own. But if you're up against someone in your one-on-one and they can... Because um, most of the time, before you get the gear that can do it, you gain revenge purely by blocking attacks. So your revenge meter fills up. But then you can also get gear that helps you fill your revenge meter up by um, successfully striking your opponent. So, like Justin said, if you've got someone with a high enough gear score, they could probably hit you once, block one attack, and have the revenge thing, which they can then pop. And whilst that is working, they get a boost to their health bar if there's any being taken off it and then their stamina will basically just not go down um at all depending no matter what attacks they do um so like me and cody were saying to each other it seems a bit unfair to have that mechanic in place when you can be a low level character coming up against someone who's a high level character like we were thinking like maybe there should be some sort of mechanic where if you do like a higher higher amount of damage if you've got multiple like enemy characters around you so it encourages people to more like stick to one on ones um so yeah that side of it's annoying um and then there's certain characters that also um are the more sort of mobile sort of close co- quarters combat ones like there's one one character called the peacemaker and she just runs around with these two daggers and you'll just get people come up to you and just spam their light attack because you've got light attacks and heavy attacks um light attacks as far as i know either take very little stamina off or none at all and they just come up to you and because they they're so quick they just spam light attacks and it's impossible to to block 
the ball so they mm. can just attack, 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 attack. And while you're blocking and dodging and stuff like that, because every time you, you do a dodge, you do by, I think it's double tapping X, your stamina takes a hit because you're doing something physical, like you're jumping from one, one side to the other or something, or rolling. And then you'll just run out of stamina, and no matter what you do, you just you're wrecked. So, um, I think there's there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of tweaking to be done in terms of balancing the game and sorting the matchmaking out. And also, they need to get dedicated servers because peer to peer is just a shit show sometimes. Yeah, that that was one of the things that I'd heard as well that it was it's like direct peer to peer, which is a strange thing for 2017 at this point. I mean, I remember that stuff being a problem playing like Halo 3, you know, and, and stuff like that where somebody would drop and so they the, the leader of the match dropped, they'd have to like reconstitute the match again. The yeah. fact that that has happens now is is very strange to me. Yeah, and it's incredibly frustrating. Like, you can be in the middle of, like, a duel against somebody and um, someone will drop out of the match or um, the match might have started with a bot on one team and it gets replaced by a human car- uh, player. And the game will literally stop. You get this load-in thing in the middle of the screen and the game reinstances itself. Um, but... You could literally be, you could be in the middle of like going for an attack and the game will just come to a grinding halt. And then when it jumps back in, the person you were fighting against may, may even have completely disappeared if they were a bot or have moved or something like that. And I, I just think, like say, these days doing that is inexcusable and there was there was problems when when the game first started and they um ubisoft were saying oh we we don't recommend that you match make with people outside your region and i was just like i you know this day and age i shouldn't have any problems playing with people in the states or anywhere for that matter no like it should that shouldn't be an issue um so i th- i think there's a lot They've got a lot of work to do on the game, but negatives aside, it is a good fun game, and it's not the type of game that I, like I said, I said before on on another show, it's not the type of game normally I would play, um, and I don't think it's ever something that I'm gonna ever, you know, like I did with Battlefield One earlier this evening, where I just sat down and played it for three hours. Um, I might just sort of like jump into it for two or three games and then put it down again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think. If if they balance it and tweak it and get the game a bit more enjoyable and less frustrating and more fair, it could be like something really great. But at the moment, I feel like it's it's just a good game. Yeah, just so a good game to play. Do you think that it's gonna have legs for you? Do you think it's the game that you'll be playing in two or three months from now, or do you think it's gonna be one of those games that you play for a little bit and then just kind of goes away if it, if they don't improve the things that you're talking about here? Um, I think definitely the latter, and I think it. I think it's regardless of whether they they balance it and tweak it and so on and so forth. Like it's it's a fun game and I enjoy it, but I just I don't see me being like feeling compelled to go back and like pick it back up. Yeah, I don't think I don't see it having that much longevity. Like it's not going to be like an Overwatch or a Battlefield or like I've I've 
started playing um, Star Wars Battlefront here and there again now as well. I I can't see it being something like that. In fact, I I, I may well, by the time something like Prey or something comes out, even trade it in and just use it for some credit against that. But yeah, yeah I mean, if, if you're a fighting game person, then I would recommend it. But it's a, it's a good game, but at the moment it's a frustrating game also. Yeah, I'd have to say probably the matchmaking stuff probably and and the peer to peerness probably comes from the aspect of it that is like a fighting game, where um, you know having direct sort of one to one connection to another system is important because there's a lot of every frame is important. You know, every frame of animation is mm-hmm. important when you're in these one-on-one battles. Unlike a shooter where they can sort of estimate or guess, you know, what exactly is happening in certain times. You know, they don't have to kind of broadcast every frame of animation of someone running or something like that. Just the ones that are important. Uh, and with something like For Honor, um, much like a Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat or something like that, every single frame and action is necessary for the outcomes of each battle. And I, so they, I, I, I'm wondering if there is even an answer to their problem with dedicated servers, because they might, there might be too much latency or lag with dedicated servers. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, it, but even with the peer, peer to peer, I think I've had, I've had a lot more instances of lag playing this game than with pretty much any other, um, multiplayer game that I've played for a good few years now so yeah um, i mean netcode is a tricky thing with 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 fighting games and even though this isn't exactly a fighting game it probably suffers from the same uh problems that a lot of those games are suffering from Um, so yeah i think it could be a bit of a double-edged sword for them really yeah uh kelsey have you seen any anything about for honor any interest at all uh i mean a lot of my friends are playing it and i know the only thing i know is that there's like factions I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. There, there's yes. samurai. There's samurai, knights, and Vikings, right? Hugh, those are the three. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I have no real, no real interest. I'm like sort of buying my time for like my big investment to be in Mass Effect. Like I really want to get into it. Yeah. No, I think you're doing, and that's sort of similar to me. You know, if this had been. Um, you know, a, a February or March that was light on stuff. Then For Honor was a game I might have just been like, oh, I'll pick it up and see if I don't like it. I'll trade it in, in in a week or two, and it'll be fine. But with all the stuff coming out, it just is. It just it's the far I, farthest thing from my mind at at the moment. Um, Kelsey, you have been playing. We talked about this last time we recorded when we did the, we ran down um, the the games we're looking forward to this year. And we mentioned this game because mm-hmm. it was already out. And you said you're going to pick it up and you did. Uh, how are you enjoying Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World on the 3DS? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's essentially, this is like where I have a, a problem with it. And it's my own fault. I didn't want to read anything about the game. <laughs> didn't want to be spoiled on the story of, of Yoshi's Woolly World? <laughs> no, it's not that. I just didn't want to read anything about it. Oh. And I bought it. And if you don't play it in mellow mode, it's essentially the same game as the Wii U version. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know this. <laughs> I already knew that, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I I bought it and I started playing it. 
I'll, I'll play the game all over again. I really liked it. So <laughs> that's what I've been doing. But I tried Mellow Mode. And this is the only aspect of the game where you could play with, uh, with Poochie. And it it is so boring. And, <laughs> and I know it's because I've played a lot of Yoshi. You know, like if you play a basic Nintendo platformer, you get the gist. <laughs> and with the mellow mode and with Poochie, so you have the mini Poochies and they're going to like either um, bark at something that you should have like your attention to or um, you also have wings. Yoshi has wings in the in the levels. So when you fall or when you need to like tr- triple jump to get to a higher point and you might like fall over if you don't do it um, at the right spot you won't fall because you have those wings to save you. So the whole reason that I bought the game for the Poochies is in the most boring mode possible that, I don't know, (laughs) I'm like really disappointed about it. Like I still, I'm still going to play it the way through, but definitely not in the mellow mode. I'm going to just replay it in the regular. Uh, But yeah, that was, that was my disappointing buy. (laughs) Um, so, my my question is this: I know who is Poochie. Uh, <laughs> he's a dog. He's the one who joined the dog, Itchy yeah. and Scratchy, wasn't he? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He not, was the one not who the joined Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah, not yeah, it was him. <laughs> not the Simpsons Poochie. Um, I feel like an idiot right now because I didn't Google who he is. I just got so excited for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he so was cute. in um But I'm pretty he the, was the in the original the original Yoshi's Island. Yes. He, yeah. He let me read it to you. He okay. was in Poochie is a dog that has appeared throughout the Yoshi franchise. So he debuted in Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Mm-hmm. Then Super Mario Advance 3 Yoshi's Island. Oh, he was in Tetris Attack. Look at him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's been all over the place that guy. so yeah I, I, he's Yoshi's yo, dog I guess yeah <laughs> the best way to say it no but and he's, is he also adorably yarn yes in... oh I'm so looking at Google cute. right now I see him I yeah. see him looking adorably yarny I debated buying the amiibo but then I'm like Kelsey mm. you just bought those Harry <laughs> Potter um <laughs> <laughs> Those Harry Potter Funko Pops, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you did buy those Harry Potter. We talked about Funko Pops last week on the show, and then you had f- four Harry Potter ones. It was the best news ever because one of the um, music record stores in Canada is closing down. And so they're having like a huge blowout sale, and they sold like so many Funko Pops. So when we were at the mall, me and my boyfriend and I saw the store, I ran in. And then I saw the, the triple pack. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I had bought that. So now I, I was like, okay, don't get the Amiibo. Don't do this. So it was a really up and down week for you. You had the, the delight of the Harry Potter Funko Pops and the lows of Poochie and Yoshi's Bully World. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag collector's problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> like it's, yeah. a chill, it's a chill game because I'm studying and doing a lot of work. So... For downtime, I do enjoy playing it because the levels are are simple. Like it's, if you play the Yoshi's Island, it's the same thing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm I'm enjoying it because 
I could still play a game while taking a break from studying and stuff like that. But uh, as for like my most anticipated, it's definitely like a fall. So I'm really excited for like Mass Effect to come out. Like I know it'll take up more of my time, but after March, um, I have my finals and then that's it. And I only have two finals. So All right. I'm looking to like really invest time. All right. Very cool. Um, yeah. So for me, I've been playing a couple of things really quick. Resident Evil 7, the second um, chunk of DLC came out for, for that game. Um, it's another band footage. It had it had three m- little modes, just like the first one did. Uh, two videotapes, which one was a game where you're playing basically blackjack for your to to save your own life. Uh, I died many times in in that one, um, and it's all it's all framed though within the of the game, like in the the one br- one brother Lucas, who is this guy kind of has like a fun house of horrors in the game. He's sort of walking. He's sort of making you play this game against someone else, um, and you're playing as Clancy again, who is the uh, the cameraman that is in the demo for Resident Evil Seven and is in a couple of the tapes that you see playing through Resident Evil Seven. Um, there's also a prequel thing called Daughters, which you see the moment where I'm not going to spoil the story, but a rather big the beginning of the beginnings of the fall of the Baker family, I guess I'll say for Resident Evil seven. And that was cool. It's a little bit short, um, but it's still pretty cool. Um, and then there was a really silly mode where you have to try to feed, uh, Jack Baker, the dad as much as possible. He's really hungry, like on his birthday and you have to run around the house and pick up this food and dodge enemies and, and feed him and stuff like that until he's satisfied. And it's humorous and, and silly. Um, I'd say the DLC for both of them has been pretty good so far. I've, I've enjoyed them. I'm most looking forward to the story DLC that's coming out though sometime in the next couple of months. Um, cause that's the first one that's I think going to be anything substantial. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not regretting my purchase of that season pass and I'm, I've been really enjoying it. So cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think probably not anytime soon, but I I'll pick it up at some point because it does does look really good fun. Um, and I think I think the the story mode DLC is in the third pack. Yes, I believe. the third pack. Yeah, and then after that, there's the free um, story um, add-on with a certain somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, the, oh, so that one, the, that add-on is free. I believe so. Yeah, I read something the other day, and it was listing like the. I think the band footage drops are free, and there's three of those. And oh, yeah. then I think it. I'm sure it said that the one with that person <laughs> who I won't say. I won't say who it is. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for people. I'm sure I read it. It was free. Yeah. No, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, it is free. It definitely is free, yeah. So again, one more band footage pack on the on on the season pass, and then the the free uh, DLC coming out. I'm, I'm excited about both of those. I'm sh- and I'm Hugh. I'm sure that at some point that that season pass will be on sale. Uh, that's, probably, that's probably the time to to pick it up. Uh, there's a crazy sale going on right now on the PSN. I don't know if it's everywhere, but there's like a Critics Choice sale going on, which is from a lot of the best reviewed games the last couple of years are on there some crazy good deals on there so if you're uh if you're interested in picking up like the witcher and a couple of other really big games like that are, are stupid cheap so people should check that out if they're interested in that stuff um so i've also been playing uh well let me talk about the other thing i've been playing i played a little bit of which is night in the woods which is a 
uh, story-based adventure game that just dropped this past Tuesday. Um, it's I got it on the PlayStation Network. I believe it's on PSN and on Steam. Um, and it is a cool little game. We talked about it a little bit uh, on the show. We were talking about stuff we were excited for. Um, it's it's published by a company called Finji, and it's designed by um, Alec Halwaka. And it is about a girl named May who comes back from college. She's dropped out of college, uh, back to her hometown uh, to live with her parents again. And mysterious and sinister stuff happens when she returns. Uh, I haven't really hit any of the, I guess, the the horror elements of it, though I don't know how scary the horror elements are even going to be. But... What's interesting about the the story is that it's it's told through anthropomorphized animals, which uh, May is a cat, and then there's you know you have a friend who's like a bear, and one that I guess sort of looks like a, a a crocodile, but I can't really tell exactly. But it's it's all animals, and it all has a really interesting. Um, it almost looks like papercraft at times, art style. Um, you know, it, it's not incredibly detailed, but it is. Uh, very evocative of of the mood and tone that they're trying to go for because it's able to employ rich, warm colors to give you a sense of safety and also cool and um, cold and dark colors to give you a sense of unease. What I found most striking about the game, I've only played it for about 45 minutes or an hour so far. I'm not even sure how long it is, um, but is that the writing, for one thing, is very on point. It is clever and funny and tweaked in a way that it's sort of over the top but also in doing so makes it feel very on on the money as far as capturing coming back to the place in which you grew up after you've gone away to college and the way your friends react to you and the way that people who might not have wanted you back are acting since you are back stuff like that um, what I, f- that's one thing I found really great about it. The other thing is that there's gameplay stuff that I didn't expect. So there is a straight up rhythm game in the, in this game. Cause you're in a band and you play bass and whenever you go to band practice, they should just give you a, uh, a rhythm game to play, which is a note highway and you're hitting, hitting buttons to the beat. Um, and there's been a couple other things too, which have broken up just the, what I thought it was going to be, which was just a walking from here to there light platforming puzzle story game. So there's some cool stuff to break it up. I'm really enjoying it so far, but again, I've only played a a very little bit of it, so I don't know how it's going to end up um, kind of working out in the end. Do you know how many hours it is? I don't know how many hours it is. Let me see. I I can't imagine it's too long. You know, I can't imagine it's more than four or five hours. That's what I would guess. Uh, But let me see if anybody has information about it yet. Yeah, there's nothing on how long to beat yet, um, which is the site I always use for this stuff. So I don't know how long it is right now. Um, but I would guess, if I, had, if I had to guess, I would say in that, um, what was that game that we talked about last year that has the same sort of dialogue system? Oxen Free. Uh, I would guess it's going to be around that length that's what i would guess yeah it looks pretty similar like um i've been meaning to play it i really want to pick it up soon it, i think kelsey i think you'll love it <laughs> I, I know i'll love it <laughs> yeah 
uh, and I think that again, I don't know if it's going to end up being scary or not. You know, they bill it as sort of having horror elements because you know the fact that they're you know walking walking animals makes it a little bit harder to be scary. Uh, <laughs> I, I think just on the surface, but uh, I mean, it can't be. I mean, I've seen Secret of Nymph, and that can get very scary. But I think that uh, it, it's it's going to not be too much, I guess. And I, I'm I'm seeing some right now. It says about uh, between five and eight hours long. Oh, okay. The game, yeah. So a good length, good length for a game of of that nature. That's that five to eight hours is sort of my sweet spot with a game. Um, I, I like longer games, but five to eight hours means I can beat it in two sittings, three sittings, and that's the perfect amount of time for me to just enjoy everything about it and not something not where it's welcome and just be able to to move on from it. But I'm I'm definitely enjoying it so far. Um, I will definitely report back next time about it because I'll probably beat it this week. I just uh, haven't had much time to sit down and and, and play it yet. Um, Hugh, did you ended up uh, downloading Killing Floor two. Right, which is I I, was a PS Plus game, correct? Um, no, I it was on a. Um, oh, I thought they. I thought that was the. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry. I got it um, on the recommendation of my friend Ori, who spotted it in. They did a February sale on the PSN. Oh, uh, maybe that was it. Um, and I think, I think it was kind of like the UK equivalent of that sale that's going on in the. US PSN store at the moment and it was down I think it was basically half price it should have been like 30 pounds and it was 15 um and who was it I th- I think it was a while back I think Cody mentioned to me that he played a little bit of the first killing floor and said it was really good hmm. um so we just me and Ori both picked it up on a on a whim and um I've only played a couple of rounds of it so far so i haven't really got a huge amount to say of it but it's it's a really good fun like if you want to play um like a horde mode shooter um with a group of friends you can play it on your own but is is damn good fun online with with a friend um with just like crazy zombie slash mutant monsters (laughs) um with just this goofy sense of humor and just is gory as all hell. Um, it's good fun. Like it, 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 you go through rounds. Like it, each game is, um, it's I think it's a maximum of seven rounds if you manage to survive to that point. And then there's an eighth round then, which is a boss. Um, and there's a certain amount of, I think there's about eight different bosses, and it just randomly throws one at you. Um, so the one we had when I played was just this massive, like, it kind of looked like the nemesis from Resident Evil 3. Um, and he had this crazy, like, um, display thing that would come out of his wrist and he'd call in, like, missile strikes on you and stuff like that. Um, and they're, like, really, really hard to beat. <laughs> um, and they, there's quite a cool... Um, little mechanic with the one um that boss that we played against is uh um if you damage him um to a certain point he'll actually just turn and run and go and heal himself up so you've got to if he does start running you've got to basically just chase after him and keep your eye on him because if he heals back up then your job is just made that bit harder because you you can heal yourself 
Um, you've got like this injection you can use. Um, but that's on a cooldown. I think it's like a 20 second cooldown. And when you're up against some guy that's firing like missiles at you and just charges at you and smashes you across the map, um, 20 seconds feels like fucking days. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, if you're looking for like a horde mode shooter, the hopefully it's, you know, I'd imagine it's probably maybe still on sale since how it's February and it was on a February sale. Um, then pick it up like i i really liked it the couple of hours was playing it for and i'll definitely jump in for some more so yeah once i've played some more and know more about the game and how the mechanics of it then i'll definitely speak about a mobile it's good fun cool awesome i'm checking the price right now on psn um let's see killing floor 2 on ps4 is 39.99 so i think it's full price right now oh wow okay obviously so just you're a uk effing liar you, you're well, an effing liar. <laughs> maybe we're special over here and get discount because we're nice. Well, I'm not gonna be. Able, I'm not gonna argue with you on that one, but <laughs> 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 definitely not. But uh, we have a good sale going on right now. I I, I got a. Uh, I I rebought Inside. I'll sell you that because it was seven dollars on the PSN, and nice. I, and I also got. Uh, Dear Esther for four ninety nine, uh, which Kelsey, if you haven't played Dear Esther, that's a game that you should play. Um, if you yeah, like, I heard about it. Yeah, Gone Home, Firewatch. It was kind of the pre predates those games, um, but it's a similar idea. Um, definitely something you should check out. A uh, really good story. Yeah, it sounds uh, and like I actually like it. Yeah, definitely. And I actually bought uh, Titanfall two again because I traded it in. And it was only twenty bucks, and it's digital, and so now if people want to play it, I can play it again. Which, oh, nice. Yeah, it was a it was a good a good buy for me. Uh, so the other thing I've been doing is I've been beating my head against the wall with Neo, which is the new game from Team Ninja, uh, and what people were calling it before it came out, and now that we're kind of past the release, it's this is going to relax back a little bit, but uh, if you've played the Dark Souls or Bloodborne games before it is a type of those games it 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 bears a lot of similarity so if you haven't played those games then that that comparison is meaningless but what it basically means is that uh it's a game about it's a third person action game with rpg elements where you're going through levels and if you die uh all the enemies come back and you've lost your it's called Amarita in, in Neo or Souls in, in the Souls game. Basically, your currency for leveling up and, and stuff like that. Uh, there are also shrines in the game, which are safe places where you can level up with the Souls or the Amarita that you have stocked up. But once you rest at one of those places, once again, all the enemies come back into, into the level. Um, and so there's a risk reward with doing that. And then there are crazy, big, huge bosses that that you have to have to take down um i was i was moving pretty fast through through the first the prologue level and then the first level and then i hit the the first real boss and it's just been like a pitting a brick wall for me <laughs> uh i got very close a couple of times but still have not been able to break through granted i have not been playing a ton over the last week or so but it definitely i was like oh it's not as hard as i thought it was gonna be and then it just smacked me in the face like those games always end up doing but one of the things about the game that is very different from those Souls games is that, and Hugh, I know you, you've played um, 
You've played a little bit of all of them, right? Um, I've played Dark Souls 2, a little bit of 3, and I played Bloodborne. I've never finished any of them, though, because I, I just kind of get to the point where I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but <laughs> what you know about those games, right, is that like uh, uh, the weapons that you get, um, you're not often discarding a weapon that you're using. Like, you, you get a weapon yeah. that you like, and you level that weapon up or and you level up the stats that you have that improve that weapon right mm -hmm. and finding a better weapon is not ever really a guarantee when you find a better weapon it's an event in in those kind of games here it's a much more loot based experience it is a game where you're constantly like shedding the weapons that you've been using for a while and getting new ones and you know uh selling off the ones that y you have and, and you know you're, it's a constant churn you're constantly changing your armor but it's it just it's just a constant churn so there's a lot of a, a lot of loot uh based stuff in in the game and it's also level based unlike those games which tend to have at least some form of connected world aspect to them uh neo is very much like you play this level and then when you beat this level you have a screen a level select screen basically that you go to the next on a map and you go to the next level and so it's not like you could tra can traverse from the starting area to the ending area in one go if you, if you really wanted to everything is sort of discreetly uh cordoned off from from one another so that's a big difference as well uh the combat's also faster than those games generally are. I mean, Bloodborne was faster than most of the Souls games go, uh, but all of them have a focus on what you call animation priority, which means when you start an action, that you are now going to finish that action, no matter what you do. You can't you can't break that action. Um, and the animations in, in in the Souls games can be very long, and you often know if you hit that if you hit that attack button, heavy attack button, just one too many times, you can already see your fate um, spooling out in front of you because you know that you're going to miss, and then they're going to do some crazy big attack on you, and you're just going to die immediately. Uh, there is still animation priority in Neo, but it is not nearly as long a window, so you have much more recovery time. The combat is much faster. It's not Ninja Gaiden fast, which are the games that Team Ninja who made this game are the most famous for, but it's definitely faster than your typical souls like experience. Um, I, I think it's a cool game. It looks really good and it can be very satisfying. The one thing I will say is that I feel like the, the, the way the levels are laid out because it's not so connected and because you don't really have a choice of going somewhere else. If you get stuck on an area, like you do in those other games, if you, if you end up in a situation where like, Hey, I got to fight this boss 10, 15 20 times which as Hugh you know that's what these games are happen uh, what happen in these games mm -hmm. sometimes you you can't just go okay I'm gonna go somewhere else now and, and, and do something else for a while and kind of get my bearings and then go back um, so I, I've been stuck in the same area for a while and unless I just want to go, go back and traverse the whole level again I'm kind of stuck doing a very small loop if I want to level up before I go back to the boss or even if I just want to get to the boss again um, and that has become a little bit tedious. Uh, and I will say the, I'm only in the opening main, the first opening level. So I, I, I can't speak for the rest of the game, but just where I am now, um, it's not as visually interesting. I don't think the enemies are as, uh, cool as they are in those other from software, uh, games, but 
it is punishingly hard. So if that's what you're into, it, it's it's here for you for sure. Um, and and I definitely have had those moments where it's been the thing I've been thinking about constantly. Uh, but it, I don't know, especially with the games that are coming out, how much I'm going to go past where I am. You know, I want to take down this boss just so I can take it down and not feel like I got to the first hard thing and didn't beat it. But after that, I just don't know how much more I'm gonna I'm gonna take it on. So, what kind of um, combat is the game? Is it all like sword based? Is or is there are there ranged weapons in there, or is it what you know? What how, is it all hand to hand, or is it a mix? Yeah, so it's you do have ranged weapons. Um, you can't really main a ranged weapon, uh, like say you could in a in a Souls game. Um, you know, you it, it's like Bloodborne in, in that way where the sort of range stuff is a secondary item to what you're, it's something you sort of use to um, take out enemies that you can't reach on your feet or that would kill you before you do. Cause there are enemies that shoot arrows at you and, and stuff like that. Or, you know, if you want to take one out before you get into combat with two, you can use that to do that. Um, and you have, for the part, I've got a bow and arrow and I also have this like a, 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 a kind of a musket type of thing. Like they call it a rifle. I guess it is a rifle, but it's, you know, this game takes place, I believe in like the 17, 17- hundreds um and so uh, th- there's an aspect of older sort of technology or whatever to the guns but it's mostly a hand-to-hand fighting uh game i shouldn't say hand-to-hand that's wrong weapon-based melee game um so, and you can choose at the beginning to specialize in something so you can say like oh and it only really denotes what you're going to get early in the game as far as weapons go you can really decide to go, go whatever way you want to go and the more you use a weapon the better you get with it um, and there's a lot of mechanics here with, with the way the way the game works like that. But I chose uh, dual swords um, for my my main, and that's what I've been using. So I can kind of hit fast and back away um, and do double damage when, when I can. Um, but you can you know you can do spears, you can do axes, you can do uh, you know big broad swords. There's this uh, I think it's called Akusanaga, which is sort of like a like a spiked like ball at the end of a chain that you can whip around it's sort of like the threaded cane in um bloodborne and that's a cool weapon uh, it doesn't do as much damage as some of those other weapons but you can you can pull enemies closer to you from farther away which which is very helpful um you know and it, and it does the thing that other games do where it has you know a wheel of items that you can use so healing items and healing items are um you know it's a resource that you can you can uh deplete and once you get to a certain number it sends stuff automatically back to your sort of chest and whenever you die and come back it will refill your healing items with what's in your chest um you know usually you can sort of go around and get enough where i I haven't had to worry about running out of them but you do have to you decide how many you want to go in with to a boss fight because you can you can have up to eight or nine at a time at where I am right now. But when you respawn, you only have four. So it's a kind of a decision process you have to make. Um, and the combat also has different stances. So like you have, there's like a high stance, a mid stance and a low stance, and they all prioritize different things. One is movement. One is, um, one is defense and, and one is offense. So, you know, you, and sometimes you have to decide and you have to change it mid fight with like a boss to figure out what's, where you want to be. So there's, there's a lot of complication to, to the system. So it is, it is a tough game to, to master. And I think that, um, it, 
for me, you know, you can block stuff, so it's it, it's not like you can't block, it, uh, but you don't really get shields or anything like that, which is the way I usually play these games, is to get a big shield and, like, a, you know, a big hammer and just sit behind my shield and let them attack and then swing my giant hammer and take people out, and I can't really do that with this, so uh, I'm having some trouble. But yeah, Neo. It's a, it's a cool game. I mean, if, if you're into the Souls games, I think it's something definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I think I will at some point, but probably later this year, I imagine, when it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I have more time and money. <laughs> Kelsey, have you ever played any of those games, any of the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, anything like that? No. And I know I sound silly saying I was scared it was hard, but I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is very hard. It's very, very hard. But w- what I'll say about those games is that they have really excellent combat and... They're learning experiences, and the thing about the, those games, and Neo's the same way, and I know we talked about this when we talked about the other Souls games and Bloodborne constantly, and so I'm sure longtime listeners are tired of hearing this, but one of the things about those games that's important to remember, and it took me a while to realize this, and Hugh, I don't know if you're, you're the same way, um, but dying in those games, you can't think of it like a punishment. You can't think of it like dying in another game, because... Really, all it is is just another mechanic in the game because you're going to die hundreds and hundreds of times, and yes. it's all about learning from what how you died. That's the biggest part about it, mm-hmm. um, and using that information to get farther in the level. It's sort. It's honestly, Kelsey. I know we bring this up a lot with you, but having played Hyper Light Drifter, <laughs> it's sort of a similar situation. It's it's but it's a, but Hyper Light Drifter has. It's not exactly the same, but it, but it, it's similar in the way it teaches you how to play a, the game. Because when you die in Hyper Light Drifter, you are you learn you know what you did wrong, and then the next time mm-hmm. you go into that area, you're able to do stuff differently to progress your way across of it across it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. basically imagine if you were gonna apply the sort of how the story in all you need is kill works <laughs> to a video game where basically you get killed a lot but every time you repeat that scenario then you know where things are going to be you know how to beat them you'll be better at fighting them and you just you have to grind and rinse and repeat and so you basically improve to the point where you can just waltz through somewhere and just annihilate everybody and then get to the next area and just be like, right, start again because I'm up against another bunch of badasses who can annihilate me now. Yeah. Um. So that's basically how I look at it. Yeah. But and again, people say this all the time, and it's sort of tired at this point of saying it. But there is never a more satisfying moment in gaming than when you take down a boss in one of those games that you've been having a terrible time with for for oh, yeah. a very long time. That feeling when it says, you know, uh you know, pray slaughtered or whatever the, the, you know, the, the prompt is and whatever souls game or bloodborne you're playing. Um, it feels so good. <laughs> it feels yeah, so, I can so remember good. like texting you a, a really excited all caps message when I beat that like tree beast thing, like the first boss in, um, bloodborne. Yeah. Cause I had so much trouble with that. And I was just, <laughs> when I beat, I was just like, fucking yes, finally. <laughs> I definitely have yelled, Fuck you! Um, so many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's me playing For Honor. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the games we've been playing. Let, let's do a couple listener questions real quick before we before we scurry on out of here. Um, this one's from Luciano, who's at the Arctic Beast, and he says, "Do you ever play games over once having completed them? If not, do you trade them in or keep some as keepsakes or collectibles?" Kelsey, what about you? Um. Well, I'm playing Yoshi's uh, Woolly World for the second time. So yeah, but Kelsey doesn't really count. You kind of got tricked into that one. You, you, it's not like you're like I want to play the game again. You bought the game. And we're like, oh shit, this is the same game again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've played Pokemon uh, several times, depending on if I liked the story or not. Mm. Um, obviously, like any sports game, I play that on a regular basis. Um, but other than that, not really. Like once I beat it, I don't usually go back unless I want to be a bit stronger, which is the case in, in Pokemon. But, um, for example, like, uh, life is strange mm-hmm. at the end of the, each episode, you see, like, if you've achieved all the trophies and part of them were like capturing pictures and I just didn't have, I just, once I've played it, I, I don't know. I'm not into going back, but I do keep all my games. I rarely trade anything in. Uh, I used to do it more when I worked at Toys R Us because I could just like clear this, clear the disc, and then return it for the same amount of money. But <laughs> that's called stealing, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not the same thing. Sorry, it's really sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's fraud. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's if I didn't like it. I would just return it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the that is the return policy for Toys R Us, right? If you don't like it, you can just return it. it, it you'd be surprised. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. now I don't like I don't have that option, and I I'm I don't like returning something for less than what I paid for it. Maybe because I'm a student and I'm like being a bit frugal, but I hate that. I when I played um played a game last year and I, I paid seventy nine dollars for it and then I wanted to trade it in so I could buy a new game. It was um Fallout four and I wanted mm-hmm. to trade it in and they're like thirty five dollars. I was like, No, thank you. <laughs> and I just left and I kept it. I, I don't want to poke holes in your logic here, Kelsey, but wouldn't trading it in for less money than you bought it for still be getting a better profit than not trading it at all. <laughs> yes, it, it would. I can't explain my, my cheapness when I'm in the store. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We're, we're, we're pretty much peas in a pod, Kelsey, when talking about replaying games, cause I'm the same way. Uh, I, once I'm done with something, once I've completed the story and something, no matter how much I liked the game. And I mean, it can be my favorite game of all time. I, I can have loved it to death. I just don't have any interest in replaying the game. Yeah. Or if it's a big open if it's an open world game that has, you know, you can beat the story but you can still go back out into the world. I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, I'm done with the story, so I'm done with this game. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, which and like I I I am often kind of jealous of the way that Justin is able to play the games he plays because he rings every last drop out of games that he buys um you know he gets all the trophies he he's he wants to go back and play them again to get collectibles and all that kind of stuff and i just 
Life is Strange is a great example. It's a game that I loved to death. It was one of my favorite games of not last year, but the year before, obviously. And I was pretty close with the with the, the like the achievements for that game. And honestly, I could have just gone back into the almost the exact section of the game I needed to go to take pictures in, and I could have gotten them. But I was just like, I I, I did this already. I don't want to go do it again. I'm gonna go do something else, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm the same exact way, um, but I do trade in games, um, most of them anyway. Uh, there are some games I'll keep because I'm because they're special to me or because they're one of my favorites. And I just like having them on my shelf for every reason. But most of the time now, actually, when I, when I think a game is going to be that way, I'll buy it digitally because then I know I just can't. I don't have the option of trading it in, so I, I'll never have the temptation to do it. Um, do you think so it's because yeah. we're not trophy hunters? Like I, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I think you're right about that. Um, but sometimes I'm like, oh, and all the uh, this never fail to when I'm like two or three hours into a game and I'm really loving it. Like, let's say like an Assassin's Creed game or Infamous or one of the games that has a lot of collectibles that, you know, you, you can get trophies for. Uh, I'll have this moment where I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to go get these feathers or open or go try to go find all these chests in this area. But then without fail, I'll I'll get like two or three hours later and be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just don't want to go find this stuff anymore. And then I, my thought is like, I'm not going to find them all. Why, why find any of them? Because it, all they're there for is to be collectibles. So I, I just don't mm-hmm. have it in me to go after that stuff, I guess. Um, which is why I only have one platinum trophy. Uh, Hugh, what about you, man? Um, yeah, with regards to platinum trophies, I am the same. I only have one and that's for the Batman Telltale game. Oh, right. Which, <laughs> Which anyone who finished it will have a platinum <laughs> for. Right. Um, with regards to replaying games, really, but I do. Um, I mean, The Last of Us, I think I've played through probably four or five times. Um, but I'm not one for going back to things like... Um, I don't like I'm I'm never going to go back and replay like Final Fantasy 15 or something like that. Um right. so yeah, I mean I um I do tend to trade in a lot of my my games. Like the only I I used to be terrible. I used to keep everything like when I had um my PS1 and PS2, like the amount of games I had was insane. And I was just running out of room, so it got to the point where it's just like, right, I I don't touch any of this stuff. I need to get rid of it. <laughs> um, like the only physical um, PS3 game I've got now is Beatles Rock Band, because um, that game's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not one for going back to things really. Like I'm not I'm not a trophy hunter. Um, I mean it's. I think maybe like Resident Evil 7's possibly the only game I've played recently where I've thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back to it at some point because I know there's stuff I missed. Right. Um, and I think it is one of those games where it is easy to to play through it and miss quite a few things. So, but I'm not, not intending on doing that anytime soon. So, yeah, I'm not one of these people like um, one of my friends finished... Resident Evil 7 within a few days of playing it and then was playing it again through like the next day and I was just I I could I couldn't do that like you know knowing 
what the story is. It just there's there's nothing really there to interest me. Like so, somewhere down the line, I'll play it. But once I've sort of it's out of my system and sort of you know at at least I've probably forgotten some of it. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a repeat player of games. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, my wife is. My wife is like exactly the opposite of me. Like she wants to play the games that she loves over and over and over again. And she's like that with everything, you know, like with TV, with movies, with books, like that's how she is. And we're just very different in that way. Cause uh, uh, apart from a very few select group of books or movies or TV shows, I don't really rewatch those things either. You know, I like I've read the Harry Potter books each six times, but oh, like yeah. other than oh, that yeah. and like Lord of the Rings a little bit like that. But other than that, like pretty much it's like once and I'm done and it's nothing against the, the media. Cause there are things I've loved. It's just, there's so much out there that I feel like I just need to keep going. <laughs> that, that, that's often how how I feel yeah, about that stuff. I'm not everything has as much rewatch value as The Empire Strikes Back. That's true. Well, we know that Mara Wood, host of Talking Comics, watches that every day. <laughs> <laughs> She's told us that. She basically watches it think, every day. <laughs> I think I've already watched it six times this year. That's crazy. Like I love The Empire Strikes Back. Don't get me wrong. I'll, I watch it probably every year. But I, can, yeah. I can't even imagine watching it that many times. <laughs> I, 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 I dread to think how many times I've watched that movie. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to, uh, to, to leave the show. We, we, got our, we got the Star Wars reference in here. You got it in. You got it in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my... I get paid by, by Mara for making Star Wars references. Yeah. So. I love that you get paid by Mara, not by Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if you guys want to follow us on twitter it's uh at talking underscore games um please send us emails games at talkingcombooks.com uh we're gonna do uh, a bunch of listener questions on you're gonna hear them next week's show um those are already are already submitted but please keep sending in questions because we love to, to answer them if you have ideas for topics for the show uh also we'd love to hear them it, it, it would be awesome uh if you can please 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 leave us a review on itunes um it is the best way to promote the show it moves us up in the rankings it really really is the best thing you can possibly do so please if you can hit over head over there rate and review that would be amazing um my personal twitter is at bobby shortle hugh i am at h underscore paz and kelsey it's Kelsamus, K-E-L-S-S-A-M-U-S. All right. I think that's going to do it for Talking Games for this week. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you to everyone listening. Until next time, be good to each other. Hello.